You're listening to The Unprofessional Entrepreneur, the podcast where small business owners learn to build their business unprofessionally. It's high time to stop stressing about having perfect content and a conventional way to market your business. I want you to embrace your unprofessional side and learn to succeed on your own terms. I'm your host, Feli, a feel-good marketing mentor and the owner of a content repurposing agency, FDVA. Tune in each Thursday when new episodes air and let's build your business unprofessionally. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Unprofessional Entrepreneur. Today I am joined by another content repurposer, someone who I've actually been connected with two, three years. I don't know, but definitely one of like the other people that I've known in the same industry for the longest time. And we're both like living that expat in Europe life with our European husbands. Um, so it's it's been pretty cool to like follow your journey and be like, this is what I want my journey to be and then have my journey come into actuality. And now we're both just like living in Europe. Um, but yeah, so I would like to introduce everyone to Anna and I'm going to let Anna introduce herself. Yes. Thank you so much, Feli. Yeah, I agree because I've, well, and you know, I was before I've been following your journey in Mexico as well. And then there's been times where I'm like, damn, like I would love to be at a beach. Like the weather, as you know, here in Europe is not always fabulous. I'm like, damn, there's Feli like hanging out with all the digital nomads in Mexico. And I'm like, over here, there's no one in Germany to collaborate with. But yeah, no, I've been working in content repurposing for like two of officially I would say two years but I definitely like I've been in business now over three years having started as a general VA and I'd say have been repurposing since day one but I didn't always know that I was repurposing it took a little while for that to click in and once that did I was like oh shit okay this is a thing let's let's do it officially exact same journey I was like general VA content writer and like would ask people for other content to recreate their content, but didn't know that repurposing was a thing until I want to say like 20 end of end of 2021. I think that I was like, okay, like I am a content repurposer. Like this is a thing. This is my thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. pretty, pretty cool to see that evolution. And yeah, like I'm extremely disappointed by the weather in the south of France, I thought it was going to be hot and sunny, and it is overcast and cold. So I can yeah. only imagine Germany, and I can also imagine like you're you're not in a big city, are you? Um, I'm in Cologne, so I would okay. say it is relatively a big city, but like I'm not like you know in Berlin or mm, Munich mm. where there's like it's really popping. International, with yeah, yeah, because like I'm in a town of a hundred people, and. <laughs> nobody in France works online like it is it's not a thing it's not a thing to work for yourself or to work remotely so I'm just like this is very different than Mexico (laughs) where do I find people but yeah yeah, I really wanted to have you talk about your style of repurposing because I know that you take a more spiritual or holistic approach to repurposing which is something really cool and I know like Obviously, there's a lot of people that resonate with that. So could you give people like an overview of what that even means? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, like kind of how that came about was I was essentially really afraid to like 
niche myself down because I had been this general VA. I had been working, doing literally everything in my client's business to where like, they would be like, you're not my assistant. You're my business partner. I'm like, damn, okay. Interesting. (laughs) And so like, I'd be working with people for, you know, like a year plus. And then I was, you know, noticed I was doing the content repurposing and for me to like niche down, make specific offers to where I really am just doing content. It was really difficult for me to like create content, let's say for just like a social media package, like someone comes and they're like, okay, I just need like 12 social media posts for the month. I'd be like, but like, I need to know more about you. Like I need to know everything about your business. Like I can't just be like, okay, here's, you know, some things, some topics. Like I want to know everything that's happening. Like, what are you doing? Not just like this month, but like, what are your goals and things you have planned for the next six months? So that way we can start to reel things in. And like with my big thing with repurposing is like, you know, it, that's fabulous that we're getting the content created, for example, just for Instagram. But like, now that we have this Instagram content, there's no reason why you shouldn't be repurposing this like onto Pinterest or like baking this into a blog. Like literally what are, what other places do you want to show up to where it like feels too much like an edge to where you can't do that. And like, that's where just, I want to know, like when I'm working with my clients, I, need to know everything that's going on. Like, okay, do you have an OBM? What are they helping you with to where then I can be part of that process and helping them with that as well. And so I don't know if that answers the question, but it's, I have to have more of the bigger picture and the overview to be able to get down to the, like, you know, the, the piece of content that I'm creating. I completely, oh, wow. <clears throat> I'm like, what just happened? I completely agree and understand what you're saying. And that's like exactly how I got into repurposing because people would be like, okay, write me 12 blog or 12, write me 12 social media posts. And I'd be like, what are you doing? What's your plan? What do you want from these posts? Like, <laughs> uh, give me something to work with here, you know? And I feel like that's why I prefer repurposing so much to like just general content creation. And same, like when I went to niche down, I hardcore struggled because I went from like kind of content writer to like content agency then to content repurposing because I was really holding on to like, we can do any type of content. But at the end of it, I was like still asking similar questions to repurposing, like to create email sequences and stuff. I was still like, I need need more. I can't just, I can just write, but it won't sound like you. It won't be relevant to you. It won't speak to your audience. Like I need, I need more from you, you know? And yeah, so I, I get it. I love it. And I feel like obviously we're both repurposers. So we we understand it from each other. Um, Because of your approach to repurposing and like, I loved the post you made I don't know if it was this morning or last night with like your card spread for the second half of the year. Like, Mm -hmm. do you find that the clients you're working with are more spiritual or do you get a mix of like different types? Yeah, it's definitely a mix to where they like are not on that end of the spectrum whatsoever. And then the other ones are like, yes, I'm here for it all. Like, don't bother me. I'm going to be taking a whole week off when I'm on my period. Don't talk to me at all. Mm-hmm. Like I have that in my calendar and then like other ones. It, so yeah, I mean, it really, it really just depends, but I would say the majority are, are more spiritual. And that's something that really worked out for me, I would say, because 
when I was, you know, I had always been into like spirituality, mindset, manifestation, and that those sorts of things. And then once I started working online, I didn't realize that there was like a community of other people who did that. He was like interested in that type of stuff because none of my friends really were mm. at the time. This was like before it all got, you know, trendy and and everything. And so I just like joined a Facebook group of like people who were like, you know, doing spiritual shit. And like, that's how I ended up getting my first clients because like, I just like made a post one day and was like, you know, here's my goals for this next month. Here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to start a business, do this, do that. And then like the, my got my first client from there who was like a spiritual coach. And then everything also like that kind of trickled into getting a lot more referrals from people who were in you know, the spirituality niche and in that realm. So that's kind mm -hmm. of how, how that started. But um, yeah. But I like that because a, I think niching down from the start is too hard. I think people need to find their, their place. And like you said that, like you found your community online, but at the same time, you don't only work with spiritual businesses. It's not like you only work with like mindset and manifestation people like, and it really speaks to when you niche, it's kind of more about who resonates with your content than like you saying, I only work with these people because it's like, well, you can talk about spirituality. And while someone might not have that as the front focus of their business, they can still resonate with what you're saying and still want to work with you or still like your approach to, to content repurposing or to like, you know, because it's content creation, it's a creative activity it's not something that maybe you want a more analytical mind for so it's interesting to see like who resonates with what and who comes to you for what out of that yeah yeah exactly I've been saying that like I don't necessarily have a niche in terms of the clients that I work with like I've got a vibe like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's why I have like my discovery calls I have the, I call them vibe check calls instead of discovery calls because I'm like literally you want to vibe me out I want to vibe you out like let's just see if we can like you know vibe together like that's that's literally it yeah no I get it and that's like when people don't do discovery calls I'm like it's kind of an important part of the process especially for done for you work I want to see who I'm speaking with. And if we've never spoken together before, it's kind of risky <laughs> like yeah. because we might not vibe in the end and then it'll be harder for me to create the content. It'll be harder for you to like the content or resonate with the content, right? So there is like that level of vibing <laughs> that you need yeah. okay. with someone to be able to speak on their behalf through their content. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like yeah, like you said it's it'd be really difficult to create content for someone and like take their voice and get their brand vision and everything if I literally have never spoken to you face to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do like an onboarding form or do you do an onboarding call? I typically do a form. Mm -hmm. Um that's another thing in my business is I try to, this is kind of something that makes me a bit unprofessional, I would say, is I try to minimize the amount of calls as possible. Like I use Loom for everything. Like if I just need to show you something really quick or I want to tell you something, like I can record that in three minutes and I'd rather record it and send it to you. And you can have that to look back, process it, save it if you want to. But like with, um, I mean, I like catching up over meetings that's not that's fun to do but I think in terms of things that are like really nitty-gritty like I think it doesn't always need to be a meeting 
a recall. I like to do forms at the beginning and then like, you know, more so do like maybe like a check-in meeting or something, because I think that's easier. There's more like, there's more to talk about to be like, okay, I've delivered you these mm-hmm. assets. How do we want to move from here? Cause I feel like I used to do at the beginning I did onboarding calls and I felt like, I don't want to say it was a waste of time, but because like we hadn't gotten going with anything, it kind of was just like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it just like wasn't it. No, I know what you mean because I tried to do onboarding calls and I felt like I was doing it because someone told me to and I got on the call and I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk to you about. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to ask of you. I don't need logins. We don't need to log into things together. So like, what do people do on onboarding calls? (laughs) And it was like, okay, I just need a form. I just need a form. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, okay, you like, gave very vague details in the form so like maybe it would be better if we got on a call and like went through the form together and I wrote what you were saying but nine times out of ten someone can fill out the form themselves (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 100 percent. and a lot of the clients that I've worked with is they like they hand that form off to like someone else on their team like they don't even want to deal with it themselves so like they also I don't think they want to take like an hour to get on a call. Like literally they are hiring us because they have more important shit to do. The last thing I want to do to someone is add a meeting to their calendar that like they, they don't need. They'd rather be out at the pool. I also would rather be out at the pool. We don't need to take the time to get on this meeting. <laughs> yeah. Like the, all of the memes, like this could have been an email. That was me the very short amount of time that I worked for other people and I had very minimal meetings because I didn't work like corporate and Mm -hmm. every single time I was like why do we have a meeting like it's very unnecessary we're not corporate workers we're like hospitality workers meetings are unnecessary (laughs) (laughs) but um I'm curious and I asked the other girls who I did content repurposing um, episodes with, but what tools and platforms do you use for repurposing with your clients? Well, 100%, we've already talked about this, Descript. Like I am in that baby all day long. Before I was using a separate tool that just generated the transcripts. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was called, but I was paying like $12 for an hour of transcripting. And at I very was a newbie at that point. I was like, oh my God, this is such a good deal. But then I was spending hella money every month just getting these transcripts. And then someone told me about Descript. And at first I was just kind of using it for transcript purposes. Because for me, this is also a reason why I love repurposing so much is because I am a reader. That's Mm -hmm. how I learn things. I like to read it. Other people like to watch it. That's why we got to put things out in different variations. But like I have to do everything in a transcript. So at first I was just using Descript for the transcript purposes. And then I was like, oh, you can edit a video in here. You can edit audio in here. I can make a reel. And now like I don't use any of these fancy like I don't even I honestly would not even be able to tell you a name of a real editor app like for your phone. Like I have not, I've not gotten into any of that shit. Like I do all editing of any sorts into Descript. Like I don't really do iMovie anymore. I used to do that for some um, like kind of like course video editing, stuff like that. Like I literally do everything in Descript. And what kind of deliverables do you do for your clients? So I do a mix of audio, audio, 
not no not audio um a mix of like copy and video so like in graphics lots of graphics um so like social media posts reels emails um sometimes sometimes yes like course videos podcast scripts i mean really any like really any piece of content but I mean, this, everything for social media and video is definitely, definitely heavy. And like YouTube videos, chopping those up. I find it so funny because everybody does like graphics and I'm like, no, I will never touch graphics. I do not have the no? capability. Oh my god! no, like I can write words. No problem. Images. No. There's, I hate my own graphics. Like I can't create for someone else. I literally have tried so many different ways to be creative with graphics. And at the end, I'm like, these like fake Twitter threads. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the extent yeah, of my I mean, design. That's, that's like what is so big right now. Mm-hmm. So like that is, that's like what I am saying is like the lazy content creators. Like that's like dream to be able to be like, oh, I just need to take a screenshot of this. Yes. Yeah, but then I see people make, like, their own notes app, like, layout, you know, in Canva and, like, make it styly and make it, like, yours. And I'm like, no, I can't do that. That's too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've tried that before, but I think it never – I think it never looks as right. I'm like, this doesn't look how it should, and that's because it should just come from the notes app. I mean, I have an Android, so I'm like, I can never get the layout that everybody else has with their iPhones. Yeah. And I tried to create the layout in Canva, and I was like, this is too hard. This is why Canva has the layout for the Twitter, like for the tweets, like where's the layout for the notes app? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I will say I did download onto my computer somehow the font for Twitter and then the font for the notes app. So I have been able to manipulate Mm -hmm. it pretty good. But um, yeah, I don't know what website I went on to get that, but I just googled that shit yeah I was gonna say I'm sure if I googled it it would tell me what the font is <laughs> yeah um so besides Descript this episode is brought to you by The Remix you send me 10 content links and I send you a hundred content ideas all repurposed from the content you've already created so that you can get a taste of repurposing without the three month commitment and high ticket price tag of repurposing unlimited. The remix is perfect for you if you already have a team member. The remix is perfect for you if you already have a team that can help you with repurposing or you're looking to see what's possible for you and your content with repurposing, then head to the show notes and check out the remix. For $347, you'll be able to have a hundred content ideas unique to your business hand delivered to you within seven days. Now let's get back to the episode. Are you using any AI with your repurposing? Um, one program I've been playing around with, actually one of my clients showed this to me, which was like such a mind fuck because so many service providers out there are like, oh my God, we're going to get replaced by AI. When like, I literally have clients coming to me being like, oh, I just got this new AI program. Here's my login. Like, Use it. do stuff. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Um, it's called... It's called Cast Magic. Mm-hmm. And have you heard of it? No. 
So it's for podcasts. You upload a podcast audio into it. It'll generate a transcript and then it'll generate all of the copy content from it. So it'll write you a description for the podcast. It'll write you an email newsletter. It'll write you bullet points. It'll write like a real script, like literally a blog post. Like it'll create all this stuff from it. And when I first saw it, like my client sent that to me, I was like, this is insane. It's, it's crazy. I mean, like obviously with AI, there's so many things that you still need to tweak within it, but like for the episodes I was doing for her, like some of her interviews were like 90 minutes long. So like mm. to sit through and like sort through that content, like it does take a lot of time. And so having that to just be like to read through bullet points and to be like, okay, skim through quotes and stuff. Um, that's been fun to use, but it is, it's one of the more pricier programs. Like I think it's like at least a hundred bucks a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, it sounds worth it, but that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, this is where I find some of the AI so interesting because like me, I never want to pay for things, but like there's so many different variations and like I found one that was supposed to be like LinkedIn captions and I just didn't like it, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I was like, well, I'd never pay for this because it, I, it doesn't really do much for me. And same yeah. like with the with people being like, oh, you can like write full blog posts and then you go into their prompts and all they do is talk about like writing the title or like writing the meta description. And I'm just like, that's not a thousand word blog post that's going to rank for SEO. That's, that's the title. That's the, that's the easiest part, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, sometimes I find AI can be really hyped up and then disappointing in the end when you actually go to use it. But I'm all for anyone that writes me transcripts because it's such a lifesaver. Like you said, like I like to skim read. And so I'll usually like watch things and then like put time marks. But if it's like if I can go back through and get those time marks instead of having to literally like replay the clip over and over again to get the words, it's like so beneficial, so helpful. Yes. 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 100%. You should try out that, um, the cast magic one, because I tried it. So like my client is using it. And then like, I was like, well, I think I did like a free, a free trial of it for Mm -hmm. my own podcast. I think I was able to plop in like three episodes and I was like, okay, this is like really freaking awesome. But like, do I want to pay a hundred bucks a month for it? No, No. but like, (laughs) I don't know. I was, it was just one of those things where I was like, It also, it pulled out timestamps for like important sections. I was like, wow, this, that, that was like a piece of AI that definitely impressed me because like you said, like, I mean, a lot of people are like using the chat GPT stuff, but it's like, you have to tell it exactly what to do. You have to know the right prompts. You have to know all that stuff. And then like this program just like did absolutely everything in like three seconds. I love that because personally, I hate writing show notes. And I see people who have like the timestamps in their show notes. And I'm like, that's so nice. I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> I will not sit here and write down the timestamps. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I that sounds cool. I'm going to have to check it out. 
and I will definitely not be paying for it, but I will use the free trial to yeah. make three blog posts or something. <laughs> like- yeah. yeah, I think if, well, I think, I think that would probably be worth it if you're like a podcast manager or a podcast producer, and maybe you are like listening to, I don't know, 10 episodes a week and creating mm-hmm. from that, like shit, that probably would save you a shit ton of time, but like, I'm not, I'm not working with yeah. enough like podcast episodes because people are sometimes I'm just getting like, you know, voice notes or other things. So it's like not enough to need it for the whole time. But like I have a couple different emails floating around. There. Yeah, like, yeah. I can do a couple, <laughs> I can do a couple trials. <laughs> I am all for multiple trials. <laughs> um, how do you think branding plays into content repurposing? Interesting. And that's. I th- well, I think, well, definitely for like, you know, obviously with graphics. And so it's so interesting because I have some clients come to me like, I have like, you know, like templates I use for graphics. I tweak them up so much depending on what the client's branding is. And I think it's so interesting how at the end, like you would not even be able to tell that like it's the same something template. was a template because they had great branding or some clients who come to me and they like don't really have very set branding. And that is something that I've started with new clients I'm bringing on. I'm like, you have to have a set branding. Like it doesn't need to be that you like spent thousands of dollars and you've got this whole beautiful slideshow, but like, I need to know your specific colors, your specific fonts, any other things that you like to use. Um, And it's, yeah, like you I think you can tell, the people who are happy with their content in the end because they like their branding. And a lot of times if they aren't liking their content, it's probably like the aesthetics of it. Like I think for me, I have one of the like top, I would say top three things, you know, best investments I ever made in my business was branding because that kept me from showing up online for so long because I didn't like the branding that I had at the very beginning that I just put together myself in Canva and that those colors, those fonts, just the aesthetic of it. I was like, this doesn't feel like me anymore. And it kept me from show. I like ghosted everything for like six months. And, you know, German husband over there is like, just post, just change the colors. Just, just do it yourself. Just change it. I'm like, but that, like, I, I can't do that. It doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And so I did, um, collaborate with someone on branding and ever since then like it's just changed my whole like confidence and everything like I think like if you are pleased with how like your brand is like physically manifesting online then like I think you are just so much happier with everything else that you're putting out there and how it all comes together yeah no there's like two directions I want to take this the first (laughs) the first is like I completely agree. I have a podcast episode from the first season that's like personal branding changed my business because I didn't really understand branding and all of that until I invested in it because like I invested in it because I was like, I want a new website. I hate my website. I I did my website myself and like my branding is just like not it. It's like I'm constantly changing the font because I'm not happy with it. But I didn't understand like the depth in which like the brand strategy would go until I like hired someone to do it. 
because I was just kind of like, you're just going to like pick fonts. I can do that. Like I, w- I was the German husband, but it was like, I'm also super not artistic, super not like aesthetic type of person. And so like, I'd be like, mm, I, I keep picking things and I keep hating them. <laughs> like it's just not the yeah. vibe. So yeah, fully agree with that. Like you need to have a personal brand, but also when it comes to like the clients that you work with as repurposing, like as a repurposer, like in the beginning, I accepted anyone under the sun. And now I'm very much like for me, because I do all of like writing and video, like no graphics. Meh. Um, I'm always like, you need to have your messaging down and you need to have like, you need to know what you're selling. Like, yeah, you kind of need to have like either like an evergreen offer or at least like this offer you're selling consistently for like a month or two for me to be able to create content for it. And I like, like you were saying, like you can tell when people don't like it. And like, for me, I can tell like when their messaging isn't there and they're still like in the process of like editing their messaging. And it's like, well, I can't, if your messaging changes every month, then it's almost like that content I created needs to be repurposed again. Mm -hmm. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, you really need to be, kind of established in order to hire a repurposer because if you are in the beginning if you're still in that like transitioning and figuring it out phase like the content just doesn't work the same yeah yeah because like we don't want to be repurposing like fluff Mm -hmm. or something that's not relevant like and I want my clients to like the content you know and it's (laughs) like I spend hours on this And then you come to me after I've created it and you're like, oh, actually, I don't like that messaging. And I'm like, but it's what you gave me. (laughs) I'm not here to change your messaging. I'm here to create content from your messaging. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, that was like a hard lesson I had to learn was being more selective and like specific with the clients we work with. Because it's like, I'm not here to just take your money and like have Mm -hmm. you resent me. I want you to like it and I want you to use the content. (laughs) Yeah, 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 100%. That was something that I started doing. I'd say like maybe like February or March, I like redid all my offers. And that was something that I implemented was kind of like a vetting process Mm -hmm. to where, you know, I before I had like, you know, a questionnaire that people filled out before we got on a call. But like I totally redid that because I noticed yeah exactly like you're saying it's really difficult to be repurposing from someone if they don't have their own shit together like that's fine everybody starts somewhere Mm -hmm. but like maybe start with you know a social media VA or just a VA in general to be able to help you get through the stuff um yeah yeah and I think like finding your branding and finding your messaging like we're not the first hire. There's other hires that come before us, whether it's like a messaging expert or a branding and messaging person, you know, like to help you get there. But it's also like, you got to spend time putting the content out there, tweaking your messaging and working with people before you're going to get to the place where you're ready to hire a repurposer who can then take like, what's already working for you, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like if I take what's not working, then <laughs> you might not be happy because it didn't work the first time. <laughs> like... Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. 100%. All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say? Kind of on the branding mm. front, this is like so random, but the thing that really irks me is I feel like these days 
everybody's branding looks the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, It does. And that's something that I can tell between the people who like, I feel like I've like gotten to be part of like a community online and the people that I'm friends with, all of their branding looks totally different. Like I don't see anyone who's using similar colors to what you're using. I don't know. I don't see very, like, I mean, my page is just like barbied out. It's like pink everything. And like everyone else is just like beige. Caramel. Black like, and white. And it's the same black font. And white, the yes. same font. And it's, it's, and I feel like, to me, like I take it a step deeper and I'm like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that there is maybe reasons behind people are doing that because obviously people are very attracted to that. A lot of those brands have gotten to be successful, but like, don't feel like you need to like do the trendiness of the colors, those types of fonts. If like, that's not what you like. If that's like not what you do, like don't be afraid to use colors that no one else is using Mm -hmm. and using crazy fonts and stuff like that. Like obviously, you know, have some strategy behind it. Like don't choose something that's like totally not legible, (laughs) but like also don't feel like you need to do what everyone else is doing because that's definitely going to make you stand out. And I feel like this is when it comes to like the branding and like the setups of funnels and stuff like that I feel like this is where I understand why people say that the coaching industry is almost like a pyramid scheme or an MLM because I remember when I first started out there was a new up-and-coming VA coach and I could tell every single person who went through her program because everybody had the exact same type form questionnaire mm. in their LinkedIn bio, same questions, same packages, same rates. And I was like, you're, you're being spit out like mini me's of her. And then it happened the same with the coaches that it was like, you could see all the coaches had the same coach and were coming out with their own variations, with their own niches, but with the same structure of offers and style of branding and it's like they're all hiring the same people they're all kind of following this like little path together Mm -hmm. and I feel like it annoys me to no end (laughs) (laughs) and like I even like cross paths with like some of these these like I don't want to say cults but they're kind of cults (laughs) like I've kind of like gotten into some of them and then been like you're all just spitting out the same thing and I can see that you're all being successful which is like beautiful and great for you but everything in me cannot join this cult (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I do not want to hire the same designer as all of you because I don't want to look the same as all of you like that's not what I'm here for and like yeah yeah, I'd love to have the same success as all of you but I know that I'm not going to get there by being a cookie cutter version of you or I might, and I'll be miserable, you know? Yes. And it's just yeah. like, every time I see people say like the coaching industry is an MLM, I'm like, yeah, I, I can see the cults. I can see the <laughs> circles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can definitely, I can definitely agree. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, let, we'll stop there because I'm like, I'm positive I'm going to offend people. Um, especially because I, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> But those are the questions I had for you. I'm very happy with where this conversation went. So if you would like to, where can the people find you? What's going on in your world? Like what what can I share in the show notes for you? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like I said, you can find my very pink Instagram um, online over there. I'm Anna Shield VA. That's where I'm at on any platform. Um, I'm starting to show up on TikTok now. That's an interesting thing. I know you said you were playing around with TikTok too, but I'm, I'm doing more like lifestyle stuff over there, which is like very cringy, but I'm also, I have like no followers. Like I think like I've got like a cousin and a friend following me. So it's like, I'm also being very unprofessional on there. It's like very, very sarcastic type of stuff. That's a, that's a whole other thing in itself. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'm mostly hanging out on Instagram. Like I've got some, you know, like freebies and stuff on there that you can download, but like, I'm also just like trying to make friends, like trying to like build a community. Like that's what it is. You know, I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah, no, the other day I, I did a podcast interview with someone and at the end of it, she's like, do you want to just like have a coffee chat? And I'm just like, yeah, because I have no friends in real life. So internet's it. <laughs> yes. I went to a Qigong event in this town and it was like, there was like 15 of us and I was easily the youngest person by like 30 years. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Is, oh my gosh. This is it. Yeah, my this husband is, my is trying to get, yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get me to go to a networking event tonight that they apparently do every Wednesday. And I'm like, I like they post pictures online of the people who are there. And I'm like, I don't know that we're going to have anything in common with these people. Like maybe him, he works in corporate, Mm. but like me making content online as like under 30. I don't know that that's that's my vibe. Yeah, and that's where, like, here, I was, like, even if I found some digital nomads and people who work remotely, because there's a lot of people who live in the south of France from, like, Belgium, Netherlands, UK, for the weather, which I don't understand. It's not that nice. Um, And there's, like, a village nearby that they built a co-working space. And I was, like, who works remotely to work in a co-working space? Everybody I talk to says French companies don't allow remote work. So, (laughs) Um, but I was like to my partner, I was like, I bet you if I go there, it's going to be like 50 year old, almost retired British people. And like, (laughs) they might be nice, but they still won't have anything in common with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I said to him, I was like, I think I'll make friends when I'm pregnant and join the mother Facebook groups. And until then, I think I'm on my own. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, well, I mean, I feel like in Germany, not to, that's like not a place that people are moving to, to become a digital nomad. Mm. Like people are moving to the beaches of Europe or just like not to a city in the middle of a country. Yeah, and this area, it's really spread out. Like I actually, there's a girl that, my friend follows online and she's like, do you know this girl? She goes to the South of France like two, three times a year a year, and she like rents this like beautiful villa. And I looked her up and she's actually like not that far from me. She's only like an hour away, but it's also like, you have to have a car here, like mm-hmm. you have to drive an hour to go anywhere to see anyone. And I'm just like, I have my partner's car and I don't think he'd be like, sure, take my car and just disappear yeah. for two days. Yeah. <laughs> like- yeah, that's, yeah, that's how it was when I first came here. Like we were living in his the village where he's originally from and that's how it was like the closest city. And I'm not even talking like a big city, just like a city to where like you could go buy a cup of coffee mm-hmm. was like at least an hour drive away. And that was that was not the best living situation but I'm happy that we're in the city now so I can totally relate I can totally relate yeah I'm like 
I like not being in the city, but also I thought there'd be like a little bit of community, <laughs> like a little bit <laughs> of something. <laughs> but everybody here has known each other since diapers. And I've had a few people like say to me, like, I don't need more friends. And I'm just like, yeah. So are they speaking English there? No, or all everyone's French? French. No one speaks any English. Yeah. Oh my God. This we literally, that, that was me. No one spoke English. People. Oh my God. Do you speak oh German though? Everybody... No, <laughs> I'm fluent in French. Yeah. Oh, so it's like, okay. I can still speak to them. Okay. They just tell me they don't want friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. oh no. Oh my gosh. Anyways, for everyone listening, like expat life, yeah. it's not always glamorous. Like someone the other day was like, you're living the South of France dream. And I was like, I don't leave the house. I'm by myself 24 <laughs> seven. Like, Yeah, I have a pool now, but it's been sunny for three days since we had the pool. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm with you. Anyways, I always wrap this up by saying, what makes you unprofessional? Um, partially how I said I don't, I don't enjoy meetings. Also, <laughs> I, um, I don't think that anything in business is an emergency. Mm. Like I don't, I don't, I think that's why I like to work with content is because I'm like, the last thing you should be worrying about is a social media post. There's so many more bigger things going on in the world, also in your life. Like, don't tell me that you're not going to go to your kid's recital or something important because you need to sit here and create content or you need to do something in your business. Like, go live your life. That should be the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's a quote that I've seen going around and it's like, I work in marketing, not the ER room or something. And I'm just like, yes. yes yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, we're not doing <laughs> surgery. Uh, like- yeah. There's no open heart surgery. There's no like rod through a vital organ like it's just social media like it's important don't get me wrong it makes you money it has a lot of value but it can also wait another day always (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah so that's something that it's like that's the way I feel but I feel like I can't always share that because some people are like (laughs) yeah (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to everyone who listened. I hope you enjoyed hearing about our luxurious European lives and content repurposing. And of course, AI and branding, because those are very interesting topics for me. All right. Well, that's all I have for all of you today. I am so grateful for all of you for listening and I hope you liked this interview with my guest. If you do, head to the show notes and check them out. And of course, don't forget to check me out and slide into my DMs. Let's shoot the shit and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from today. But as always, I'm going to love you and leave you with the reminder that I'll see you in two days on Thursday with my solo episode. And of course, don't forget to stay unprofessional. Thank you.